Hey, what's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBB DFS. I'm joined via the web cameras uh, by Bird and James. How are we doing? Happy Friday, guys. Happy Friday. We made it. We did uh, a hellacious week from a real work perspective. So uh, let's do this pod, get this knocked out, help out all the bucket heads, and then get into some tasty beverages. How's that sound? Yeah, let's have a buckethead win about $10,000 on Saturday. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, speaking of $10,000, this this tournament is a good one. 10K is the first place, pl- first place prize. Uh, the buy-in's only eight bucks, so you can get in a couple for the price of a normal tournament. Uh 40K is the total prize pool, uh, and 10,000, like we mentioned, is going to first. Uh, 5,882 player contest, $40,000 in total prizes. We can't wait to get started. Looking at the games, quick glance, lots of high point totals uh, from the first check of things. What did you guys see? Yeah, it looks really good. A lot of, lot of good options. Uh, should be a really fun slate, uh, maybe except for this first game that James is going to cover. <laughs> Now, I do want to say before we get into that first game, uh, for the pod listeners only, we are recording this on the YouTube machine, so uh, we won't have a, a full edit uh, of the podcast. There might be some ums and ahs and hums and haws, uh, but this will be posted on the site in YouTube form uh, and posted through the pod, your favorite podcast providers. Uh, we thank you for being with us this and every Saturday. It is March. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. James, I'm going to start with you, Indiana-Purdue. Uh, I'm opening it up right now. This game only has that over-under a 134, but is there anything that stands out to you on it? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Trace Jackson Davis is obviously a player that you can play at any time. Um, 8300 is actually not a bad price for him. Uh, he's capable of exploding, as we all know, um, and he can get it, get it done across the board. So I think he's he's definitely somebody you could target in this game. Um there's a bunch of Q tags and uh, we won't go through all of them here just out of the sake of time in, in the game, but uh, race Thompson, Franklin um, still having some issues. So if those guys seem like they're not going to play, going to be hurt. Um, I think you could take a look at fantasy uh, for 4,500. Um, he's coming off a 33 DK game where he had uh, played for 34 minutes. And I think you can ease, uh, even look at, um, you know, somebody like it's a little bit more of a stretch maybe, but, uh, the young freshman, Christian Lander, he's at 3,700. Uh, he played 22 minutes last game, had close to 16 DK. So, you know, some of the some of those younger guys, some of the role player guys um, getting a, a few more minutes potentially. Bird, uh, question, questionable tags are never fun. Uh, we'll be on the Twitter machine in the morning, right, as best we can? Yeah, and follow at Fantasy, uh, at NCAA Fantasy Hoop as yeah. well. Uh, he's got good, good coverage as well. Uh, looks like, you know, Purdue does give up a lot of three pointers. So maybe mm-hmm. you could target a couple of shooters from the Indiana side, but yeah, not a game we want to go overboard here. James, what are your thoughts uh, on that Purdue side? Obviously Trevion Williams is someone everybody always looks at from, from a tournament side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's somebody uh, that you can play. It's kind of funny. I think Trace Jackson Davis gets a lot of credit for his defense, rightfully so. Um, but big guys have been getting it done against Indiana all year. So I think Trevion Williams, 7,400. Yeah. You know, we roll them out there. Um, Indiana is also a team that gives up a lot of threes too. So I think some of the shooters here, uh, Sasha, who, you know, we, we like at home a lot of times 5,500. So he's not a bad GPP play. Uh, Zach Eady, he's the great big guy. Um, Trevion Williams sometimes can get into foul trouble. Eady can come in and uh, they have a lot of trouble stopping him 4,600 and he can, he can have some weird games. So he's not a bad, bad guy to look at. Um, some of the other shooters, Aaron Wheeler, uh, has been pretty solid lately, 4,400. Uh, and then Jaden Ivey, the young freshman who's been uh, phenomenal 
late, late in the Big Ten season here. He's terrific and a fun player to watch. Um, 7,300, he's always uh, capable of, uh, of going off. So I think there's some options here, even, you know, even in not a great game. We got 10 games on the slate, though, guys. And, and with this one being in the mid-130s, everything else really over 145, except for these next couple, uh, I, I think there's probably better options on the whole. Uh, the two notes I had on this one is Williams is, has the highest usage and shot share of anyone on yeah. the entire slate. So for 7,400, that's awfully enticing. And I also had a weird note here that Jackson Davis, TJD, is a little bit better road player than he is a home player. So yeah. uh, don't, don't let that dissuade you either. But I'm good on that one. If you guys are, I don't mind getting into Providence and Villanova. Yeah, fire away. All right. So this is going to be our first look at life without Colin Gillespie. Mm -hmm. um, sad news. Uh, earlier this week, he tore his MCL and it says he's going to miss the remainder of the season. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he comes back for that bonus year next year. Um, he is a senior. I don't think this is how he wants to end his college basketball career. So we'll keep an eye on that. You keep him out of your lineups. He's at 6,300, but he's definitely not playing. This means Villanova is mostly going to funnel through Robinson Earl. And at 8,000, he's uh, a live target. Uh, it is interesting to note that Justin Moore had a season high 24 uh, in the game that he went out. So Justin Moore should take on more responsibility as their mainstay in the backcourt. Jeremiah, everyone on this team is going to have to step up, though. Jermaine Samuels at 6,500 is going to have to do a little bit more. And uh, of all the people that came in, Brandon Slater got the most minutes. He's down there at 4,200. But an interesting item to note, and he's not on my list here. I apologize for that, but I cut the list at $3,000 players. Uh, Brian Antoine, uh, a once highly regarded freshman, off injured pretty much his whole first two years at Villanova, is allegedly healthy right now. He's 3000 bucks, and he played 11 minutes. This is a team that needs guards, so maybe it's something I might give it a game to watch. But uh, $3,000 flyer, Brian Antoine, the talent's there. Uh, the health seems to be there right now. There could be an opportunity. Bird, anything on Villanova stand out to you? No, I think you hit that really well. Um, uh, I think that all makes a lot of sense. And it will be interesting to see what life after uh, Gillespie looks like. That was a really sad injury and just uh, one of those things you hate to see. Yeah. Is that a hospital emoji? <laughs> it is a hospital emoji. Um, <laughs> it's classy. Yeah. I think Villanova <laughs> is still uh, talented enough to win that Big East tournament, but I think their uh, national championship hopes probably went down the drain with that injury. Let's get on to Providence, though. Uh, Providence, David Duke sitting here at 8,500, the third highest priced player on the slate. Great player. Uh, Villanova knows how to defend him. Uh, so you're probably looking at a cash game only for David Duke. I don't see a mega high ceiling. Nate Watson is always GPP, more so because he runs hot and cold, not necessarily because of the game environment. Some days you'll get a nice double-double out of him, and some days he'll just kind of disappear. Outside of that, I don't love a lot of Providence options here. Noah Horschler is finally priced down to a more playable price at 5500 He was at 6700 earlier in the week, and he's someone who's really come on with increased minutes lately and has flashed some GPP appeal. So if you're looking for a forward under market value, uh, Horschler could be that guy at 5500 Um the last two on here, quick mentions, Alan Breed was a fun story for a while. He's no longer in the mix since Jared Bynum has returned. And Bynum hasn't done a ton uh, since he's come back. So I'm off both of them. Yeah, Fair. hard to get excited here. There's, you know, slow tempo teams. You know, neither one wants to play fast and, and probably more defensively oriented. And again, Nova's got to try to find a new identity uh, as well. So it's kind of a kind of a tricky game. All righty. 
Let's get on to another Big Ten game. We got Rutgers and Minnesota. This is a tight line, only one. Uh, Rutgers is favored despite being at Minnesota. I'm sure it'd be 21 if it was at Rutgers because of Minnesota's road performance this year. Um, but with a 141 over under, we don't want to go crazy here. But James, did you see any plays on the Rutgers side? Uh, yeah, I think Miles Johnson's the one that kind of jumps out to me, 6,800. Uh, he's kind of all over the place if you look at his game logs and has been really his whole career but he had 43 dk uh, 14 and 12 against minnesota uh, not too long ago a couple weeks ago uh, maybe a month ago can't tell time covid but um i think i think he's somebody that you could definitely look at um and somebody that could really have a really nice game especially uh you know if robbins uh, doesn't play um you know they don't really have much <laughs> uh to stop him so i think that's uh he's somebody i'm definitely looking at Anybody yeah. else on Rutgers stand out? Um, you know, Minnesota's just really kind of phoned it in these last few games. You kind of feel like their season's just sort of over and they, they're kind of just going through the motions. And so I, I wouldn't really hesitate on, you know, the bigger guys here, Harper, Young, uh, Baker had a nice game. Uh, Caleb McConnell, somebody I've been talking about for quite a few weeks now, 4,400 is prices stayed pretty low. He's, he's a pretty good value play, but uh, really any of those guys. All right. Let's jump to Minnesota side of this. Marcus Carr at home, that's a thing. Uh, 38 DK at home versus 31 DK on the road. Uh, 9,500, he's just under Cade uh, fighting for that price king. Uh, any? You want any piece of Marcus Carr? Uh, I, I mean, a GPP, I, it's a high price to pay. I mean, I, I definitely, there's probably other options that might be a little bit more enticing, but he's a guy that's proven at home, can get it done. You know, Rutgers, again, they're going to be a little bit paced up. Um, it's not a terrible play. The end. <laughs> no, nah, I, yeah. I hear you. No, Marcus Carr at home is always a live play, but I, I agree. I think I would rather uh, spend more in on other games, in my opinion. Hey, Bird, yeah. looking at these $5,000 guys for Minnesota, does anyone stand out for you? Yeah, well, I think like James said, that that price is a little scary with Marcus Carr at 9,500. But the 5K guys, you know, Eric Cur Eric Curry's played a little bit uh, with with Robbins out, and, and he's done pretty well. I think he's he's probably an okay target, and, and Trey Williams as well is getting a lot more minutes of late. Um, so I think he's a, again a potential flyer. You know, again, this this game's not the the highest over under. It's probably not the sexiest game on the slate. Um, so I'm not really in love with anyone here. I did like James Miles Johnson. You know, uh, Minnesota gets murdered on the offensive glass. And I think Miles Johnson had six rebounds the first time, six offensive rebounds the first time they played each other. Mm -hmm. um, so I really did like that call out. And then, you know, Geo Baker and, and even Harper, uh, even though Harper's been, man, he's been a mystery this year, but oh, he boy. certainly has upside. And once he, if he makes a shot or two, I mean, he's just going to keep firing away. So he yeah. does have some upside. Yeah. You want him to have like 15 DK in the first 10 minutes and he's going to oh, yeah. smash. Yeah. But if he gets yeah. to half sub 10, you're probably not going to break 20 with him. It seems like. Yeah, Isaiah Enan's probably worth mentioning too. He had um, 32 minutes. He played against Penn State, uh, got 30 DK, 12 points, 10 rebounds. So he's somebody that they're looking to kind of fill the the void in the middle there with Robbins out. Um, so you don't know if it's a trend or just a one-off deal, but somebody that you want to keep in mind. Yeah. And if you have massive cojones, maybe take a shot on, on the GPP, especially on a cheaper tournament, big payout. Uh, could exactly. be a good way to get some uh, contrarian exposure. All right, let's keep it going back to the SEC. 
Uh, Mississippi State is at Auburn. Uh, Mississippi State, slow, defensive-minded team. Uh, Auburn, uh, a lot more pacey. These two teams love to turn the ball over, so this game's going to be a little bit on the sloppy side. Over under 142. Um, let's talk about Mississippi State first, and then I'll get into uh, Auburn and their injuries. Um, DJ Stewart, Tolu Smith, Iverson Molinar, all in play in a pace-up game. Uh, Stewart at 7,400 is consistent. He's got big game potential. You got to love him. Uh, Molinar, you see he's playing 32 minutes a game with a 29% shot share. Most Basically, DJ or Molinar end each possession with a shot, it seems like, on this team. I think both are live targets. Um, Tolu Smith's more your grinder, uh, probably a safe cash game play. Um, but outside of that, I, I'm not going to go too crazy because uh, Mississippi State in an ideal environment is going to keep this game into the 60s. Um, I will call out Derek Fountain down there at 4,300. Around 20 minutes a game lately. Um, he, he's had a couple smash games as well. He's someone that they like uh, ever since he's had an increased responsibility. He's responded well. So uh, another cheap dart throw if you're looking for something contrarian. On the Auburn side of this, Shreve Cooper's questionable, probably not going to play. Um, so he warmed up pregame last game, and that kind of got Auburn Nation a buzz. Um, but even Pearl said after the game, he's not really close. And at this point, I'm pretty sure they're saving him for the SEC tournament. Auburn with Sharif Cooper is a very dangerous team that can beat a lot of people. Without them, they're a very average team. So don't really even like too many of the Auburn guys here. Justin Powell is out probably for the remainder of the season. Let's get him out of the way first. But really, of these guys that are all kind of priced in the $6,000 range, the only one I would really suggest would be Flanagan. Uh, he's kind of their usage alpha when Cooper's not on the court, and he shoots a ton better at home, like 100 points better from three and 100 points better from the from two when he's playing at home. So I think Flanagan as that go-to guy might have some value here at 6,800. Um, but between Thor and Williams and Cambridge, I, I'm not going to stretch out. Even Jamal Johnson is up and down, uh, but his prices come up to 5,200, which makes him a little less appealing. Bird, uh, I know you've watched plenty of Auburn games with me this year. Anything uh, amiss in there? No, I think you're right. That the a completely different team without Cooper on the court. Um, Flanagan's kind of the guy uh, when Cooper's not playing. Uh, Jamal Johnson does have, you know, he's gone 25 or 26.8 and then 28 DK the last two games. Is that going to continue? Uh, I, I'm not so sure. And like you said, Mississippi State really wants to slow things down and kind of uh, ugly up the game a little bit. So tr traditionally, we try to target those guys that are getting paced up, not the teams that are getting paced down. Right. And that's why, you know, if, if you're looking at one of these Auburn guys for six, it might be better just to try to get to Molinar or someone on the other side who's getting the bump in pace. Let's stay in the SEC. And uh, South Carolina is interesting. This is one of the teams I really liked preseason. Lots of egg on my face for that. Uh, <laughs> things have not gone well. Uh, A.J. Lawson has had a great year, but they're playing a Kentucky team that is pretty good defensively and knows how to take out a, a team's star. Um, might make me lean more Keyshawn Bryant. Both are in the high sevens. Uh, Justin Manaya and Jermaine Cousinard both missed a couple of games uh, a couple weeks ago, but are both back in action. Uh, neither have really seen any price change. Cousinard has played twice uh, since uh, he missed two games. One game he smashed, the other game was just okay. Um, but at 4,100, given that his price hasn't really changed, I'm all about Cousinard as a nice value play. You see he's going to play 27, 28, 29 minutes. He's got a 
25% usage rate, a 26% shot share in a 4,100 for a $4,100 player. I'm, I'm very interested, especially on a team that lacks uh, offensive outlets. Um, I, I'm good there on South Carolina. I'm not going to stretch ball on anybody else. Um, going to the UK side of things, uh, like always, they're all under 7,000 bucks, um, but it's hard to pick who it's going to be. They haven't had an alpha scorer, scorer step up all year. I love Isaiah Jackson in general. James, I've told you many times that he's my, one of my favorite college basketball players this year. Um, but, you know, 24 minutes a game, 20 minutes a game, he's talented as all get up. Uh, but I, I don't know if I can if I can pay that today, but I'll enjoy every minute he's on the floor just watching it. This kind of feels like a Brandon Boston game to me. He's been quiet for a while. His mm. price is all the way down at 5,200. You see he still has that 27% shot share, which is the most on the team. That might be the direction I look on the Kentucky side of things. Um, but outside of that, I, I can't get jazzed up about Mintz, Brooks, Saar, Toppin, uh, Askew. James, do, does anyone on that Kentucky side strike your fancy? You know, for me, I think I, when I look at, you know, where, where can South Carolina get exposed? And at three-point line, they're giving up 37%, um, worse than the SEC. So maybe somebody like Mintz. UK doesn't have any great shooters, but he's probably the best one, or at least the most prolific he one. Is. So, um, you know, he's somebody you might – take a chance with a GPP that mid level. I agree with that. And he's in pretty good form lately as well, but unfortunately, you know, his price has come up to that Mm 6,600. I liked him better when he and Askew were both in the fives, but uh, you know, it is what it is, but he's playing well. And you know, that is what it is. Uh, South South Carolina's fifth in tempo, uh, 287th defensively and effective field goal percentage. They get torched on the offensive glass. Like, I mean, there's, this is just a bad, uh, it's, it's, it's a perfect recipe for some wildcats. So I don't mind Keon Brooks. You know, he's been over four X in four of his last five games. And he's kind of a ball hog when he gets out there. Um, and there's going to be plenty of possessions in this game. Yeah. Everything you said there again, also doubles down on my Isaiah Jackson love, but you never know if he's going to get the minutes. Uh, Keon Brooks is, is very steady. Um, I, again, I got the hunch on Brandon Boston. I think I'm going to try to squeeze him in. That's more of a bet on talent play, but Brooks has been phenomenal since he's returned really being kind of a go-to person for this team. Let's get into some pack. Let's get into some pack 12 heat. Yeah, kind of weird to get a little bit of Pac-12 heat on a on a Saturday morning. I love it. Yeah. This is this is what dreams are made of for me. And I'll be honest with you, I had to do some due diligence on Utah because I haven't seen too much of them on slates this year. Uh, yeah, they're well, you know, they're not very good defensively, uh, which is great. <laughs> we, we love seeing that from a, from a DFS game. So this this should be a really fun one. Arizona State's twenty sixth in tempo. They're two hundred and twenty sixth in effective field goal defense, and then Utah's two hundred fourteenth in effective field goal defense. So. Neither team plays a bunch of defense. It's a team that, that I could play really well for, you know, take some bad shots, don't play defense, kind of fits me well. But uh, Remy Martin is the one who stands out, you know, at 8,200. His price has dropped a ton, 32% shot share in conference play. Um, so I think this is a really great bounce back spot after kind of a rough game on Thursday. Uh, Kamani Lawrence is way too overpriced at this point. Uh, Alonzo Verge is, is down to 6,600, and, and he's shown some ceiling in the past, but but really, he's you know, more of just a tournament option. Uh, and then for the forwards, Marcus Bagley's back. He played 20 minutes last game. Uh, he missed like seven games with a pretty bad ankle injury. Um, so I still think there's some risk there. And, and his, his return also hurts Jalen Graham at 5,500. So I'm probably going to focus mostly on the guards for Arizona State. 
Uh, Holland Woods is also starting. He's playing, he's at 4,500, playing 30 minutes a game. And, and then Jalen House, you know, Eddie House's son is 4,100, and he's got 4X and three straight. So I think the guards are, are fully in play here for Arizona State. Uh, anything you guys saw other than really the Remy Martin price drop? I had a question, and that was uh, with Kamani Lawrence, is his ascension over the last 10 really due to Bagley being out? Yeah, I mean, their whole team was out. They, they, they were missing everyone. You know, Terry left the team. Um, Bagley's been out. Christopher's been out. Um, Graham was was beaten up. Like, they just – they don't really have anybody else to play. And so, yeah, he, he did have some nice games, and he, he's an okay player, but he's not a $7,500 type sure. of player. Good deal. Well, tell us about the Utes. The two Utes. Yeah, the, the three Utes. Uh, you know, so we do love to target players against Arizona State, but they, they play fast. They don't play defense. Um, I really like Timmy Allen at, at 7,800. Um, he's got 28% shot share in conference play. He's a solid rebounder. He gets assist, and he's priced down kind of near a season low. So I think he's a really great cash play, and, and he does have upside as well. Uh, Brandon Carlson at 6,200 has at least 28 DK in four of his last six. And Arizona State is horrible defensively rebounding, offensively rebounding. They just they, they cannot rebound the basketball. Um, and so Carlson is, a, is profiles well in this matchup. Uh, Pell Larson's my guy. He's a freshman. Uh, and he, he's, he's just priced up a little bit too high for me at 6,000. I'd prefer to look at Alfonso Plummer at 5,300. He scored 14 or more real points in five of his last six games. And Arizona State does give up 36% from three. That's something that Plummer can do well. He can really shoot the three and fill it up quickly. Um, so, so I don't, don't mind him as a tournament option. And then Yantanen's back um, from overseas at 4,900, but probably doesn't have enough ceiling uh, to warrant any kind of real consideration. So those are my guys there from, but I do like Timmy Allen. I think he's a really solid kind of rock solid 4X plus type of play. Yeah, that uh, 30, 30% shot share from Plummer jumped oh, off yeah. the page to me. That's yeah, I mean, one. he just rack them up, right? Yep. We like and that, especially a game was, that doesn't depend the arc. Yeah, exactly. And we, we've seen games where, you know, he had a game, I don't know if it was this year or last year, where he had six threes to open the game. Like, he will get out, and if he's starting to hit shots, I mean, he is going to fire away. That is a beautiful GPP target. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. But let's stay with you, Bird, and let's get to some Big 12 action. Price King Keg Cunningham has a questionable tag. They got West Virginia – over under here is 151 with West Virginia, a five point favorite. Yeah. West Virginia won this first matchup, 87 to 84, uh, back in early January, Derek Culver had 22 points, 19 rebounds, miles McBride at 21. Uh, but like you said, Kate Cunningham's the real story here. What his health is going to be. He is priced to the moon. Um, he had 25 <laughs> points and nine boards the first matchup, but are you guys, I mean, one, is there any reason to play him? Like if you're, if you're coach, if you're Boynton, do you, why would you even risk playing him? You're not going to really change anything in your seating. Right. And two, are you, if he does play, are you going to play him at that price? No, no. I, I think he's an auto fade for me. I, I love him as a player, but there's, there's no reason for him to be out there or to get a full load of minutes if he is out there. Right. Yeah. I just don't see the incentive. I just, yeah, I, I completely agree with you guys. Awesome. Awesome player. You know, number one pick in the draft most likely has massive upside, but if he's not healthy, it's, it's scary. Does that create any value then? Do you have any dark horses on this OSU side? Uh, it's, it's where it gets weird a little bit. So Isaac Likely's uh, been out for five of the last six games as well. He's got some hand and foot issues. So if those two both miss, you know, it really does open up a lot of, a lot of opportunity. Uh, Caleb Boone's price is down under 6,000 for the first time in a while. 
he's shown 30 DK upside, a guy who's a good rebounder, active, uh, kind of a little bit like um, Jackson from, uh, from Kentucky. Um, yeah. Matthew Alexander Moncrief, uh, his minutes are dwindling lately, but if Cade doesn't play, I think he would be kind of the primary yep. beneficiary uh, of that. I think he'd get a lot more usage and he's a guy who, who we've seen kind of blow up some slates in the past. Um, so I think he's in play in tournaments only, especially if Cade does not play. Um, otherwise you have those guards, you know, Anthony Anderson, uh, Bryce Williams, Rhonda Walker, that'll probably all play 30, 35 plus minutes. Anderson's probably more the most stable of the bunch. Uh, Williams and, and Walker have a little bit more ceiling, um, but, but some risk as well. So I think those, that would be kind of the rotation if those guys miss. Um, but it's, yeah, certainly keep an eye out on, on Cunningham's status. I don't know why they would play him, but um, we'll see. We'll see how bad the ankle injury is. Good deal. How about West Virginia? Uh, Culver, McBride? Yeah, flip a coin. I mean, they're both priced great, right? I mean, 7,500 for McBride, 7,000 for Culver. Um, I think those are incredible prices. McBride had 35 DK in their first matchup. Uh, Culver had a 50 burger in the first matchup. So I think they're both fully in play, um, both really solid options. Um, Jalen Bridges is up to 6,100. Uh, he had a really nice game on Thursday, but really he's kind of part of that rotation with Matthews and with Osabian and it seems like a different guy steps up every night. I'm not really in love with that $6,100 price tag. Uh, and then Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil really kind of round out the rotation. They're both really good shooters. Uh, McNeil's actually had a really nice floor lately. He's scoring 2025 DK kind of night in night out. Uh, while Taz Sherman's maybe a little bit more volatile, a little bit more scoring dependent, um, but it is senior night. Uh, you know, if you're into those narratives with Taz Sherman, uh, it'll be senior night for him. And, and so that's someone you could take a look at. And then, We've got Emmett Matthews listed here as a flyer, but um, again, that, that kind of rotational guys, you just don't know what you're going to get with them. Awesome. I'm good there. James, you got anything on that big 12 matchup? No, I think we got covered. Let's get to some more SEC love. And this is Bama and Georgia, the, the track meet. Um, hmm. Surprise. Now, our, our, again, this is Ken Palm's projection, but they have Bama minus 10 over under a 156. I would have assumed this would have been the highest over under of the 10 games, um, but Ken Palm has us at 156. We still got two more games to go after this. Starting with the traveling tide, um, Herb Jones at 7,300, fire him up in a game like this. Georgia can be sloppy. So Jones is going to fill up all the ancillary stats and just his points are always going to be there around his 15 or so a game. Uh, John Petty, Jaden Shackelford, the usual uh, dynamic wing combo. One's going to go off. Um, rarely do they both go off at the same time. You just got to kind of choose correctly. Uh, Shackelford, the cheaper of the two, probably the one I would target of the group. Uh, Quinterly still coming off the bench. He's at 6,100, but he scored double figures in seven straight games. So it's hard to argue with his current form. Bruner is back. He's getting uh, all the minutes pushing down the Reese's and the Rojas's on the team. Uh, but he hasn't really shown out since he's rejoined the starting lineup. Georgia doesn't have a ton inside. So this could be a game where Bruner uh, shows that 30 DK upside, which he was doing before he got hurt. 
After that, uh, you know, Keon Ellis and, and Josh Primo are, are both dart type options. Uh, they have 25, 30 DK upside, but they really need to get hot to do that. Their minutes are going to be safe in the 20s, mid 20s. Uh, but at the same time, as far as a DK perspective, you, you, you're, you're still guessing, you know, which one it's going to be. For me, you want to stack this game a couple of ways, but I want a piece probably of Herb Jones and one of those wings, and then we'll see what else falls in. I don't hate anyone if they're going to play Bruner or Quinterly. I think Bruner's got some upside, but uh, Alabama's looking very enticing in this Georgia matchup. Yeah, I like the Bruner call out. Georgia gets completely torched on on the glass. Uh, he was a guy, like you said, who had some 30, some 40 DK type of games earlier in the season. Probably someone nobody's going to click the button on either. His recent performance hasn't been great. Um, so I think you could get him at a really low ownership. So he's kind of an intriguing uh, contrarian option. On the Georgia side of things, uh, Shavir Wheeler is probably at the lowest price we've seen him this year at 7,700. And I think he's going to be a tough color, tough cover for Alabama. Um, their, their guards are, ex- with the exception of Quinterly, who's not a lockdown defender, their guards are bigger guards. And Wheeler can cause some problems as that small point guard that can uh, get into the lane and create a lot of things. So I like him at 7,700. Uh, Kamara, we talk about a lot. He's, he's a yin and a yang. Which one are you going to get? If he gets engaged early, he can be a matchup problems, but if he draws Jones, he could just be quiet the rest of the game too. Alabama has played pretty good defense this year. So, um, I, I think Kamara, uh, could be uh, somewhat limited again. I would be careful there. Um, on the other side of things, we all know that I like Katie Johnson. Uh, Katie is, uh, Uh, an awesome player. He got 27 minutes last game. Minutes are the only thing holding him back, but uh, I'm not in love with a lot of the Georgia plays. I like the tempo that they play at, um, but I'm probably just looking at maybe Wheeler, maybe Johnson. uh, And that that's about it from, from the Georgia side of things. Yeah. Johnson had 24 last time they played each other. So he did, he did play well. And that's kind of his MO, right? If he gets minutes, he can, he can kind of microwave it up. That's right. I want to keep things going, though, guys, uh, as uh, we're getting our time warning up, try to get this thing wrapped up in the next 10. James, you want to talk about Florida State Notre Dame? Yeah, absolutely. Um, We'll kind of touch on Florida State first. Uh, I think there's more. There's probably better plays here. Notre Dame's pretty shallow uh, bench. So it's kind of the same guys. And we, we can talk a little bit about them here in a second. But um, I think Raekwon Gray is uh, definitely somebody that you can look at here. Um, he's been terrific over the last several games here. Um, wasn't great against Boston College, uh, but only played for 19 minutes. Uh, but 8,100, I think, you know, of the kind of the upper tier guys, he's definitely somebody I'd look at because the matchup is just terrific. Uh, Notre Dame is going to be pace up and they're not good on defense. Um, Scotty Barnes has got the Q tag. Um, so definitely somebody to keep an eye on there. Uh, he's always been a sort of, you know, bet on talent guy. Uh, but he did have uh, 36 DK against uh, North Carolina a couple games ago. So keep an eye on him. I think at 6,500, he's a guy that's capable of kind of going out and blowing up a little bit. Um, and his, also, his questionable was tonsillitis too. So, I mean, nothing wrong right. with his legs or arms. So if he's good right. to go, I think you can fire him. Get sore throat, throat, get out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <play> through it. <laughs> that's true. So uh, we'll see there. But uh, Balsa isn't uh, – probably somebody he was probably somebody I'm probably least excited about uh on Florida State just because um you know Durham is a pretty good defender and 
Um, that's who likely he'll be matched up with, and he doesn't get a ton of minutes. Uh, MJ Walker, same story with this guy, right? Played BC, put up 30 DKs, 5,200. Uh, this is a great matchup. He He's an explosive scorer. He can go out and get it done. You just – you never know. You never know with him, so definite GPP. And then I think uh, somebody like Anthony Polite you could look at at 32 DK against BC. Um, this will be a, kind of a similarly similarly profiled matchup in, in terms of, uh, um, you know, kind of being able to go out there, get some uh, defensive stats, get some points, get some boards. We know um, the Notre Dame guys, right? So we got we got yeah. the five normal guys. Is it, no no need to rehash uh, who you love necessarily from a Notre Dame perspective. But is there one or two that stand out? Because um, we know the minutes are there. Yeah, minutes are there. I think uh, Florida State's tough defensively, right? And we know that uh, there's going to be a lot of possessions in this game, a lot of scoring potential. But um, you know. The guys that are sort of a little bit lower, um, like the Cormac Ryan, who's just sort of a three-point shooter, um, Trey Wirtz, kind of the same same way, right? So I, you look at those guys and think, okay, you know, 5,400, 5,000, are they going to go off? And maybe, you know, one of them gets hot. But I think in this type of game, a uh, little more risk than usual. There's not really a, a huge upside with those guys. Uh, any thought about Prentice Hub? 7,800 feels okay if this game goes to the total that Kempom's saying. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to, I think you always have to pay attention to that. I mean, he's just one of those guys that can go off against anybody. Right. Um, but he can also have a dud too. So definitely a lot of risk with him, but you know, 7,800, he's, he's not kind of your elite level. He's not going to blow your bank. So, uh, he's somebody you can take a chance with. I like it. The last one on here is LSU and Mizzou, uh, Tigers versus Tigers in the SEC. Now, again, this is Ken Palm. They have this line at 159, and they have LSU a one-point favorite on the road. So I, I would bet the under if that's where the line came in, but at the same time, uh, that's that was impressive to see. Uh, for the LSU Tigers, Watford at 8,400 feels a touch overpriced, but he's typically a better road player than home player, so I'd be okay with him in a cash lineup. Uh, Cam Thomas has always got GPP appeal. He's going to go out and score 25 points. It's whether or not he gets the ancillary production to go with it. Love Javante Smart in this game. Uh, I think he's going to step up to the challenge of Drew Smith and uh, just have a really great game. And at 6,700, I want to get uh, a piece of Smart and some lineups. Darius Days kind of had a Darius Days game last time out after being a little in the dumps. Uh, nothing like a Vandy to help get you back in form, right? Uh Outside of that, I, I can't recommend LeBlanc or, or, or playing one of the LSU guys. Bird, any any LSU Tigers that you're going to have in your lineup tomorrow? No, I think you covered it well. I think Javante Smart's price uh, looks pretty nice at 6,700. Um, Missouri's not the best matchup on the road. Like it's it's probably not optimal. Um, we would probably rather target players against LSU than than players against Missouri in general. Would you agree with that? I, I would agree with that for sure. Uh, but at the 6700 I do like Smart's price, uh, given the fact that LSU is still going to do what they do. Um, but Missouri is the one who's going to plot it more on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, now, looking at Missouri's game log, whenever you see them play a team that plays with pace like LSU wants to, Drew Smith normally has a pretty good game. He's priced up to 7600 The game environment fits him. I, I think he's fair to play is in cash and in GPP. Um, Jeremiah Tillman is back. He was kind of pedestrian and fouled out last game. Uh, but at 6,700, he's someone who, you know, I'd, I'd rather play smart, but if you need a forward in that price range, there's worse options. You can go Pinson's all the way down to 5,400. We don't know if bird's going to play him in prize picks or not tomorrow, <laughs> 
but he still has that 31% shot share, which we like to see in that 31% usage. However, he's been pretty hit or miss lately. Uh, he could, he's GPP only. Don't put any cash reliance in him. Mark Smith's price has creeped up. Don't necessarily like that. Um, we prefer him at four or five and 5,400. Um, but outside of that, no, no Mizzou guys stand out to me. I do like a little bit of the LSU side. I, I don't mind Drew Smith. Uh, Bird, what about you? Any, any, anything or James, anything else on this one? Yeah, I mean, Drew Smith does a little bit of everything, He's, which, which gives him a little bit more upside. Uh, LSU can turn the ball over. And so he could get some of those blocks, some of that steel type of upside. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me why, you know, Xavier Pinson can have 30% shot share and, and do nothing else on a basketball court? <laughs> Like, what is, does he only think you can just shoot and that's it? Or what's going on here? I think, I think that since no one has slapped him on the wrist for just shooting, he has taken on that, that, that uh, ideology and he's, he's not going to do anything else until he's told to. Uh, that's the only thing I can come up with, but uh, very scoring dependent. But when he gets hot, he can, he can do some stuff. Uh, yeah, he's super cheap. Yeah. James, anything stand out to you? Um, note on Drew Smith, uh, six steals, uh, one block last game. He tends to, to rack up the steals. He's a really good defensive player on the ball. Um, if he shows up in prize picks, might be somebody you look at too. Um, yeah. yeah, they typically like Tillman when they – because it seems like they have one player per team that they, they tend to pump. Uh, normally Tillman's their guy for Missouri, but at the same time, if Smith were to show up on there, that would be interesting. Prize picks. We will update with the site tomorrow. We'll put our, our our names in at the bottom when we put when we repop this thing in the morning. Uh, Bird, you're going to convert this to audio only uh, for our pod listeners. Uh, we are on this site is this is cbbdfs.com the website. James, where can they find us on Twitter? Well, they can find us at cbb underscore dfs. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. Guys, do you have any parting words for our bucket heads? March Madness is coming. Like it's the best time of year. It got taken away from us last year. So let's, let's just enjoy it uh, this year and uh, watch Illinois win a championship. Right, James? Uh-oh. Oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a great night. Good luck on Saturday in the shoot around. Win all the money, bucket heads. Mm -hmm.